0: You're listening to Door and Window Market Magazine's special podcast, Industry Update the Coronavirus. This podcast is designed to bring you the latest industry news surrounding the disruptions caused by this worldwide pandemic. And now I'll turn it
1: over to Drew Vass, editor of DWM Magazine, who will give you an update and introduce our special guest. Thanks, Chris. I'm Drew Vass, editor of DWM Magazine. Welcome to the podcast. In today's episode, I'll share a personal connection I made with our guest, a decades long business consultant serving the door and window and home improvement sectors, Dave Yoho, president of Dave Yoho Associates. We'll draw on his decades of experience for some perspective, including what his company has found to work in helping companies to survive the trials at hand. But first, a few things we think are worth noting including a caution about the stimulus package and Paycheck Protection Program. We've covered the details in our past episodes, including how to apply and what to watch out for. If you missed it, go back and listen to our episode from Thursday, April 2nd. Uh, But since then, we're receiving reports that some financial institutions are running out of funds no sooner than they began accepting applications. Wells Fargo, for instance, notified customers April 5th that while it was distributing $10 billion to small businesses under the Paycheck Protection Program, the bank, and I'm quoting a statement here, received forms from customers expressing interest in the program that we expect will fill the company's capacity to lend. Given the exceptionally high volume of requests the bank has already received, it will not be able to accept any additional requests for loans through the Paycheck protection program. That's not to say they don't have other loans that they can uh, divvy out, but uh, they cut off applications for that uh, that same day, April 5th. If you're a Wells Fargo customer, then it's important to note that there are still other avenues, but if you haven't completed the application process somewhere, experts say it's advisable that you do so as soon as possible. The National Lumber and Building Material Dealers Association sent a letter urging lawmakers to pass additional funding for economic injury disaster loans and the Paycheck Protection Program. And it's urging members to contact their elected officials to ensure that dealers have access to funds. We received news this week that the that uh, B.L. Ogilvy & Sons in Weston, Massachusetts, closed its doors permanently after serving as a lumberyard for over 100 years. As our relevance appears to be dwindling in this new world of retail and with the added financial impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, we again find ourselves in a position to pivot, says Kevin Whitmore, the company's president. A lot has happened since the end of World War I when his great-grandfather started the business, he goes on to say in a letter. But it's important to note that COVID-19 didn't eliminate Ogilvy & Sons so much as it, it just accelerated plans for closing. Whitmore says that before the pandemic hit, the company was already planning a farewell celebration, so that's an important distinction. In a report released this week by Principia Consulting, researchers say they found that most dealers are open and plan to remain open throughout the pandemic. Most have done so by reducing hours, limiting the number of visitors, and encouraging online ordering. Switching gears, before we get to today's guest, first, I'd like to share a quick personal story tying the two of us together, one that was totally unexpected. I've never met Mr. Yoho in person, um, though he says we should refer to him as Dave, though I've read plenty about him over the years as an expert in home improvement operations and sales. Yesterday, I talked to him by phone uh, just to iron out the details for this episode, and he asked me where I was from. And then for my grandfather's name, and when that didn't ring a bell, probably because he was underestimating my age, I bet, um, I gave him my father's name and he was stunned. He was speechless, actually. So anyhow, long story short, Dave, as it turns out, was a dear friend of my dad's back when I was hardly thought of or too young to remember. My father worked in the remodeling industry back in the 70s and actually worked for Mr. Yoho. As his corporate sales trainer, they spent a lot of time together—not only working, but playing tennis and traveling. Um, So I lost my dad about seven years ago to pancreatic cancer, and this—it was just a nice connection to make this week. So he even knew about something that was really my only my closest, closest family members know about—a ring that my dad had custom made on a trip to Bermuda, which he wore every day, and it's inscribed with a secret with a symbol that has a secret meaning and. He told me that before he died and handed the ring down to me, which someday I'll hand down to my son. Um, anyhow, Dave, as it turns out, was with my father when he had that ring made. Such a small world and just a really deep little connection for me. Anyhow, enough about that. So Dave Yoho founded a residential roofing company at age 28, which eventually operated in 13 states and in the early 70s had revenues of $60 million. In today's terms, that's more like 250 to 300 million, he suggests. Uh, representing Fortune 500 companies as well as entrepreneurs, he focuses on profit improvements, turnarounds, and in depth problem solving. So we figured who better to talk to these days. Dave, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you. Nice to be aboard.
1: Absolutely. You know, I'd like to start with this question. Uh, Based on your decades of experience in the industry, I'm wondering if there is anything you can compare this to, you know, what we're currently in. And I I know your company sold through the energy crisis of the 70s and when they had cars lined up for gas rations, and you've seen a few recessions. Anything like this?
0: No, not quite, uh, because this is a, a health issue. Which has international implications. How many countries in the world where people are experiencing this? And we're a big company, 325 million. It's going to be more of a contagion here, as it has happened to be so far. We will overcome this and we will get by this. There are going to be some consequences of it that small businesses will face, but we will. We will recover from this. You need positivity. Discipline and the willing to do things that you're not not now doing or hasn't been part of your ordinary regimen.
1: Yeah, and of course the million dollar question that one that your company is answering these days is how to survive this period and thrive once it's over. And we hear this expression, I'm sure you've heard it as well, the new economy. Is it going to be a new economy for building products?
0: Well, it is in this sense that the companies have done fathomly well. They've done exceedingly well during the last three to five years. But don't forget, we had 2007. We had the minor recession. It continued for about six years. So the companies have been enjoying a state of euphoria in this business. That state of euphoria has to continue only in positivity. The reality is, Many things have changed. Financing will change. Unemployment is rising. It's it's projected about 13% now. We see it as somewhere around 20% at the end of next week. But this industry has survived because we are a necessary ingredient in the way of life for most people who own homes. And that's the thing people have to concentrate on do some things right now. That's why we say survive now, thrive when the crisis ends. But thriving is in the future. Surviving is an immediate. And the immediacy is what are you doing about your business right now? What are you doing for yourself?
1: Yeah, you've put together several detailed reports lately, ground level feedback, basically from dealers. And by the way, I see that those reports all encourage folks to share the information with one another, and that's fantastic. One of the bits of advice you've developed from that feedback is ask for and expect to receive deposits on all contracts. I also see that you suggest when preparing a contract to use the phrase, "How much of a deposit can you place with this order?" doesn't that doesn't scare people away, or you know if it does, is that kind of doing you a favor in a way?
0: Well, well, look at this. If you were going to buy a house, you have to give them a deposit. Mm-hmm. If you're going to buy a car, you have to sign a paper right immediately before you get possession of the car, obligating yourself to that transaction. And in all of those things, the purveyor, the person selling you the home or the person selling you a car, has a cash influence that almost immediate. Now, it has been traditional in many home improvements that you take an order, and if it's cash, you take maybe no deposit at all, or you take uh, a finance job which doesn't require deposits. But the the thing of it is, it takes a cycle to complete your work, so you're operating on uh, your own money to sustain a contract which is going to be applied to a person. And no, it's only offensive if you think it's offensive. So the idea is you have a $10,000 transaction, even if it's going to be financed, you say to that person, how much can you give us with the order? Now, if that guy says, how much do you need? Say, normally, we get 25%. And he will say, no, I don't have 25%. You say, well, how much can you give us? He says, I can give you $2,000. Now, that $2,000 doesn't change the 10000 except that now you're going to apply for credit for 8000 And at the moment, although it may change, great financing plans to take care of that $8,000 transaction uh, for either uh, 60 months or 120 months. There are ways to do that. But in the meantime, you, to stay in business, need a float. Now, there's an academic side to it. Look, if you are an S corporation or you are an LLC, your accounting is done on either a cash or an accrual basis. On the accrual basis, when you take that money in, it doesn't show as cash into your business, even though you have it. It is shown as a liability. Now your accountant can explain it to you and explain the pros and cons. I tell most small business people, you're better off at the moment with accrual. You can switch back and forth. But the accrual simply means when you take that deposit, it's in your business and you can use it, you have to be careful how if you're listing in the state of California, many limitations on how you can take a deposit. can't be over 10%. You have to have partial fulfillment, but you can use progressive payment. Now, I don't want to labor too long on that, except you have to search and find the things that work for your company. Mm -hmm. And the things that we talk about in those reports, Drew, uh, the things that we're looking at, are things which small companies are doing right now. And they are enhancing every aspect of the business, and cash has to be one of them.
1: I see in your reports, one of the things I picked up I wanted to ask you about, you use the label rehash appointments, which apparently dealers say has been producing uh, around a 50% close rate. And I noted that 44 companies say they're, they're doing these virtually, according to your report. So... What is that referring to? Rehash appointments. Okay.
0: Now, see, one of the assets that you have in every small business are the people you called on that you didn't sell. Mm. And you may think it's a hassle for you to call you back, but listen, those people are home right now. It costs you little to try what we suggest. Now, I do tell you, you need the right script. Just call them up, say, "Hey, hi, are you remember me? I'm the guy with right red hair that came and gave you an estimate <laughs> on your roof." I think the way it works, you're not there to make a friend. Don't misunderstand what I'm telling you. One of the great covenants of good customer relations is don't become the friend, become an advisor who cares about them, who cares about what they're going to do, and exude that. So if you were to call these people back with the proper script and say something like, it's been, and you should be looking at your old paperwork now, it's been uh, about six weeks since we were last out to see you, Mr. Brown. What, if anything, has happened to change your mind? You say, your house still needs these windows, this roofing, this siding, this kitchen cabinet, whatever, the, the plumbing. Is, is, is your house still in need of that? Yeah, well, something has come up that makes it wise for us to talk again. Now, here you have a question. Don't talk about dropping the price, Hmm. For a number of reasons. First of all, it isn't good customer satisfaction just dropping the price. You have to be willing to do something for them. And so that's where you're asking for them to allow you to visit their home. Now, it depends what it is. If it's an outside product or service, you easily can look at a project again. But you should have paperwork there. Mm -hmm. And that's what the people in these reports, Andrew, listen, feel free. We sent you, I think, the last three or four reports. We send them out every couple of days, what other people are doing. Feel free to send it on to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's a copyright item, but I put right in there, forward it to other people. You have to take the individual, you have to take the individual opportunity to do what's best for your business. And I'm talking about now. That's where uh, that's where this concept of survival will come from.
1: So, sp- speaking of taking care of the customer or showing care toward the customer, you know, you mentioned not becoming a friend, but um, one of the things I noticed you suggest is VIP showrooms and appointments, which it sounds like is basically blocking off time for specific customers, but then. Showing that you're taking extra precautions, uh, you know, whether it's gloves, masks, those sorts of things, but giving them that private time in the showroom, um, is there an important strategy there in calling these VIP, Though I wondered about that.
0: Well, the the reason is if you relate it uh, to what the very fashionable jewelers do in in modern cities, uh, New York, Paris, uh, uh, Montreal. There there are flashy jewelry stores that sell high-quality You know, sell Rolex and all other fancy kind of jewelry, and they'll arrange a private appointment for you to come in to there. Now, when you come in to them, you're going to see them in a sequestered area, and it will be locked. Somebody has to unlock. So that's the kind of thing. Make mm. this person aware of the fact that VIP, you're a very important person. And as that, we want to protect your health, your security, and your property. When you come to see us, you'll be the only person other than myself in the room. We prefer that you both come at a specific time, at which time you will be handed a set of booties and a set of latex gloves, unless you already have them on. Uh, masks are preferable, but not totally required. When you come into our place of business, we will wipe it down in your present. And when you wipe it down with a, a cloth that has a, a isopropyl alcohol on it, a great cleanser, a industrial cleanser, you wipe down your table. And have a table that's six foot long. You're at one end, they're at the other. A guy explains it in one of these reports, I think report number three, how he does it. And he, brings, and he had never done it before. And he brings the people. You're not going to get everyone in. You're not going to get all of the market. You're not going to get all of your old customers, but you'll get some of them. Now, here's what I guarantee you. If you do nothing, nothing's going to happen. Yes. If you try something and you're uncomfortable with, just remember roller skating or ice skating or, or riding a bicycle. They all started the same way. You had to practice a little bit before you got comfortable. This is true, too. And okay. I make my whole uh, website and uh, YouTube. You can check me out on YouTube. There are hundreds of videos on there, all two, three, minute long, uh, how to talk to the customer, the correct language to talk, and what we call the value of the visit. All we sell is a value to the person.
1: So we've only got about a minute left, but I wanted to ask you, you know, speaking of you were saying you're not going to get all of them, but what is a realistic goal? To set? you know what what's a realistic goal for dealers to set amid the current circumstances in your opinion
0: okay there is no there is no singular goal the The problem is this you have a you say home improvement and you go everywhere from a big box store to home depot lowes or like that you go to the giant home improvement companies and they put in the hundreds of millions and and incidentally we have at least four of these, four clients who go up into the hundreds of millions and more. You have a lot of intermediates who do 10, 20, 30 million. Then you get the smaller startup operations or the, uh, the remodeling contractor. You've got to learn some additional skills. And I know you don't like to be referred to as a salesman many times. You invent all these titles to avoid that. You know, we, we train aponitrists, dentists, podiatrists, we tend, we, pr- they don't want to say I'm learning sales tactics. They say teach us communication tactics. So if you're sensitive to the word sales, make these communication tactics and go online and see what it is and be wary of some things. Everybody wants to make it easy for you. I will not make it easy for you. I'll make it workable for you, but you have to. You have to start at the beginning, and you have to do some things that you're uncomfortable with. And in the small operation, if you get one or two of these, you're going to be writing in like these people. I never thought I could do it because you never did it. And if you're a larger company, here, you have a plethora of dead leads there. Now, we work with a the company, their only job is taking those leads out of your CRM and turning them to appointments. That business is flourishing. Hmm. But you, as an individual who is ever listening to this, you have to look at positivity. Now, what he didn't tell you, you're listening to a 91-year-old guy, and you want to go home and tell your wife today, <laughs> I heard this 90-year-old guy. Yeah, I'm 91, I'll be 92. I've been in this business, and I, if they I read... uh, You read about my background. I worked in this business when I started a small company. You've got to think about surviving and doing things with which you're not comfortable. And in the last issue of our uh, issue number four that just came out in our report, we're talking about uh, uh, people who have never done this before and who are doing it and major companies who are doing well now. They're not doing great, but they're doing well.
1: Don't be afraid to try, right?
0: Everybody says, yeah, but that's not for you. And and listen, the guy that wants to succeed, the gal that wants to succeed, the family that wants to succeed, they will do what they can. This is one of them. I'm not asking you to give up your faith, your religion, your hygiene, or anything like that. I'm saying in your business, you have to have a new attitude, and that's one place to start. Now, there's more to it because some of you don't get the right prices to begin with. I hate to bring it up. And some of you don't have the cash flow, and you're going to be biting the bullet. That's why we suggest deposits and cash flow, and you'll see some of these things free. that go online if you check us online.
1: Good advice. Well, Dave, we want to thank you for joining us today uh, and to share your advice and perspective. We really appreciate it. You have an upcoming webinar. When is that, and what is that about?
0: Oh, well, well there, if if, they, if you send these reports out, it tells them about it. It's going to be on the 19th and the 20th. and It isn't a webinar. It's going to be a virtual meeting, and uh, we have about 15 or 17 sponsors. But in addition to it, we have 25, 25 top authorities in every field you can think of, and we're all going to have them. They're going to be required to give you three, four, five ideas. So if you, if you hear this and you get the copy of our most recent report, you go online, you'll run into it. So, you know, the, the name Yoho is not the, a common name that you'll find in every drugstore, so if yes, you look sure. up Dave Yoho Associates, you'll find our material. I'm not going to make it complicated for you, but you will get a copy of the report uh, uh, from the, uh, pub- the publishers, And uh, you'll be able to contact us, and we will be happy to tell you. But the dates are May 19th and 20th.
1: Okay. Well, Dave, thanks again for joining us, and uh, we appreciate it, sir. Stay well.
0: Okay. One thing I'd like to leave you with, I leave all of my correspondence today, be of good spirit, this, too, shall pass.
1: Absolutely. Well, that's all we have time for today. But thanks for joining us. We'll be back next Tuesday. In the meantime, stay safe, stay well, and have a good, safe weekend.